As we reported earlier, another top executive is out from the Department of Veterans Affairs. Secretary Robert Wilkie earlier this week fired Jim Byrne, the deputy secretary. Wilkie says he lost confidence in Byrne, and Byrne just didn't gel with the team. Or as Henry Ford II said of Lee Iacocca, sometimes you just don't like someone. But Wilkie says it's business as usual at the VA, and Byrne's departure has no impact at all on the big projects that are going on at the department. We get more now from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Veterans Affairs Secretary Robert Wilkie defended his decision to fire his deputy, Jim Byrne. VA has seen a lot of high-profile vacancies among top leadership over the past three years. Wilkie said earlier this week he fired Byrne because he had lost confidence in his abilities. Later this week, he didn't have much more to say about his decision to fire Byrne. It is a simple business decision. There are times in any company and in the military and even on co- in Congress when there are some people in the organization who just don't, just don't gel with the rest of the team. Um, IBN just let go its CEO of many years. The chairman of the House Veterans Committee, Mr. Takano, uh, just relieved a senior member of his staff, which he felt was in the best interest of his organization and veterans. There's nothing personal, but we have so many things going on. It has been my, my mission, my goal, to ensure that everyone who works for us is performing to the utmost. Wilkie also denied reports that Byrne was fired for his handling of a sexual assault allegation raised by a staffer on the House Veterans Affairs Committee. She says she was assaulted by a veteran at a VA facility. The department's response to that allegation sparked some backlash from committee chairman Mark DeCano and others. But Wilkie says those reports are... Categorically not true. Uh, There was no disagreement there. I think what happened is that this just happened to occur when the story reemerged again. Um, We agreed on the policy from day one, and it had nothing to do with a process that began well over a week ago. So um, my goal is to make sure that we have an organization that hums along, that that is integrated with not only our headquarters, but also with our people in the field. Byrne had been VA's confirmed deputy secretary for only about five months. He served in that position in an acting capacity for several months longer, and he was first confirmed to the department as VA's general counsel back in 2017. As deputy secretary, he oversaw VA's massive electronic health record modernization efforts and a long list of other IT overhauls. VA is supposed to achieve initial operating capability with its new EHR at its first site next month. Will Burns' departure impact those plans? Here's Wilkie. Oh, I don't think it impacted at all. Um, I, uh, I mentioned the two leaders who are responsible for the bulk of the transformation. Uh, I sat down with the uh, Secretary of Defense uh, about a week ago and discussed where we are because this is a joint partnership with, with the Department of Defense. We are doing well, and I think Mission Act uh, shows that this VA is capable of pulling off enormously uh, complex programs. Uh, I expect us to do well in this this venture, as we did with Mission. I think we astonished many people in this town by pulling off Mission. We've seen the fruits of it in terms of our customer satisfaction, and I expect us to do the same with electronic health. Meantime, senators on the Veterans Affairs Committee had a few more concerns, though, about the VA Mission Act. 
The department launched a revamped and consolidated version of its community care network last summer. Veterans have to meet certain new requirements in order to be eligible for community care. And since those new eligibility requirements have kicked in, the number of patients seeking treatment from VA community care providers is supposed to jump from 684,000 to 3.7 million veterans. Congress is concerned, though, that this will put too much of a burden on the VA budget. It's had to step in three separate times with emergency funding for VA community care back in 2017. John Tester is the ranking member of the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee. It's always a challenge to forecast how much funding it's going to cost for community care. There's just no doubt about it. It is, it is a problem forecasting that because uh, it's an unknown that we haven't got we haven't got the metrics behind it to find out. In 2017, as you well know, Congress stepped in three times to provide additional funding for the department so it would not exhaust the choice of program funding. I am concerned that we may be headed down that path again. Eight months into the new community care program, VA has not provided or cannot provide one or the other the number of referrals that became appointments. We get the number of referrals, but we don't know the number of referrals that became appointments. And thus, I don't see how we can figure out how many dollars are associated with those appointments and whether usage is in line with the projections that you and other smart people have developed uh, when this program was set up. Richard Stone is the executive in charge of the Veterans Health Administration. It's another acting title. He says VA has been spending about $1 billion a month on community care. He says he thinks VA will have enough to stay under budget. Congress gave the department $15 billion for community care, and Stone says VA should be safe. He acknowledged it's still tough to predict exactly how much VA will spend because they're still struggling to pay community care providers quickly. It can take up to 180 days to process a veteran's community care claim and then pay the right provider. Cameron Matthews is the Assistant Undersecretary for Health for Community Care. We actually audit every claim prepayment at this point just in order to avoid the fraud and waste of overpayment, the incorrect underpayments. It's a significant amount of work that unfortunately is quite manual. Stone says VA is in the process of setting up a system to auto-adjudicate those community care claims. He's also changing VA's business rules to cut back on the number of claims they audit. Meantime, other senators are still concerned VA is replacing its own care with private providers. For many senators, they see a number of vacant health positions at their local facilities, and they assume VA just isn't filling those positions on purpose. Stone says that's not the case, and it's more complicated than that. One of our biggest problems is very high-cost specialists exceed the reimbursement, the pay caps that we have. So a neurosurgeon or a gastroenterologist. A gastroenterologist can finish their residency and come out and command a $375,000 salary. We're capped at $400,000. So we have trouble recruiting in certain high, very high-cost specialties because of the pay caps, and it's something we're going to have to deal with. I've got over 300 specialists that are at their pay caps today. So there's no sense us hiring a neurosurgeon nurse to support a neurosurgeon if I can't hire the neurosurgeon. Nicole Grisco, Federal News Network. Check out Nicole's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. 
Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.